an official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Welcome to another episode from 1001 Classic Short Stories and Tales. This one from Guy de Maupassant, titled The Vendetta. Henri-René Albert Guy de Maupassant was born August 5, 1850, and lived through July 6, 1893. He was a French writer remembered as a master of the short story form, and as a representative of the naturalist school of writers who depicted human lives and destinies and social forces in disillusioned and often pessimistic terms. Maupassant was a protege of Flaubert, and his stories are characterized by an economy of style and efficient, effortless outcomes. He wrote some 300 short stories, six novels, three travel books, and one volume of verse. His first published story, Boulet de Suite, is often considered his masterpiece. This episode is sponsored by the fast-rising original audio series called Presidents Are People Too, available at audible.com forward slash presidents, audible spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com forward slash presidents. I've listened to this show and it's great. I started with Teddy Roosevelt and you get a really enjoyable show that explores lesser known facts, foibles, and faux pas of your favorite Past presidents. The show is written and hosted by today's show head writer Elliot Kalin and his historian co host Alexis Coe, and they do a pretty good job exploring the human side of past American presidents. I especially enjoyed the discussion regarding John and Abigail Adams and learning how much history is indebted to them for the 1,200 letters they exchanged during those critical years while America was emerging as a sovereign nation. Letters which survived and provide us with a rare insight to our country's founding. And then there was Warren Harding's story, his short presidency, and the scandal that followed him. And John Quincy Adams, the well-educated, well-traveled son of Abigail and John, who rose to the presidency in the early years of our nation. Audible has created a bonus Audible channel packed with short-form free entertainment, of which Presidents or People too is their flagship to complement their already successful audiobook collection, and they're inviting you to go to www.audible.com forward slash presidents to sample Presidents or People too, find out all about it, and about their new Audible channel, and then download the free app. If you're already an Audible member or an Amazon Prime member, it's free, so go ahead and do it. If you decide to sign up for audible.com and get your book a month, that's great too. Now, Audible members will have great short audio entertainment available free along with their monthly book. 
It's really just a strong message that Audible has added a lot more to their product and at no extra charge. Take advantage of it now. It all starts at audible.com forward slash presidents. And now, our story, The Vendetta. The widow of Paolo Severini lived alone with her son in a poor little house on the outskirts of Bonifacio. The town, built on an outjutting part of the mountain, in places even overhanging the sea, looks across the straits, full of sandbanks, towards the southernmost coast of Sardinia. Beneath it, on the other side, and almost surrounding it, is a cleft in the cliff like an immense corridor which serves as a harbor, and along it the little Italian and Sardinian fishing boats come by a circuitous route between precipitous cliffs as far as the first houses, and every two weeks the old wheezy steamer which makes the trip to Ajaccio. On the white mountain the houses, massed together, makes an even whiter spot. They look like nests of wild birds clinging to this peak, overlooking this terrible passage where vessels rarely venture. The wind, which blows uninterruptedly, has swept bare the forbidding coast. It drives through the narrow straits and lays waste both sides. The pale streaks of foam clinging to the black rocks, whose countless peaks rise up out of the water, look like bits of rag floating and drifting on the surface of the sea. The house of Widow Savarini, clinging to the very edge of the precipice, looks out through its three windows over this wild and desolate picture. She lived there alone with her son Antonia and their dog Similante, a big thin beast with a long rough coat of the sheepdog breed. The young man took her with him when out hunting. One night, after some kind of quarrel, Antoine Savarini was treacherously stabbed by Nicolas Ravalate, who escaped the same evening to Sardinia. When the old mother received the body of her child, which the neighbors had brought back to her, she did not cry, but she stayed there for a long time, motionless, watching him. Then, stretching her wrinkled hand over the body, she promised him a vendetta. She did not wish anybody near her, and she shut herself up beside the body with the dog, which howled continuously, standing at the foot of the bed, her head stretched towards her master, and her tail between her legs. She did not move any more than did the mother, who, now leaning over the body with a blank stare, was weeping silently and watching it. The young man, lying on his back, dressed in his jacket of coarse cloth, torn at the chest, seemed to be asleep. But he had blood all over him, on his shirt, which had been torn off in order to administer the first aid, on his vest, on his trousers, on his face, on his hands. Clots of blood had hardened in his beard and in his hair. His old mother began to talk to him. At the sound of this voice, the dog quieted down. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
Never fear, my boy, my little baby. You shall be avenged. Sleep, sleep. You shall be avenged. Do you hear? It's your mother's promise, and she always keeps her word. Your mother does. You know she does. Slowly she leaned over him, pressing her cold lips to his dead ones. Then Simulante began to howl again with a long, monotonous, penetrating, horrible howl. The two of them, the woman and the dog, remained there until morning. Antoine Savarini was buried the next day, and soon his name ceased to be mentioned in Bonifacio. He had neither brothers nor cousins. No man was there to carry on the vendetta. His mother, the old woman, alone, pondered over it. On the other side of the straits she saw, from morning until night, a little white speck on the coast. It was the little Sardinian village, Langosardo, where Corsican criminals take refuge when they are too closely pursued. They compose almost the entire population of this hamlet, opposite their native island, awaiting the time to return to go back to the Maquis. She knew that Nicolas Ravalate had sought refuge in this village. All alone, all day long, seated at her window, she was looking over there and thinking of revenge. How could she do anything without help? She, an invalid, and so near death. But she had promised. She had sworn on the body. She could not forget. She could not wait. What could she do? She no longer slept at night. She had neither rest nor peace of mind. She thought persistently. The dog, dozing at her feet, would sometimes lift her head and howl. Since her master's death, she often howled thus, as though she were calling him, as though her beast's soul, inconsolable too, had also retained a recollection that nothing could wipe out. One night, as Similante began to howl, the mother suddenly got hold of an idea, a savage, vindictive, fierce idea. She thought it over until morning. Then, having arisen at daybreak, she went to church. She prayed, prostrate on the floor, begging the Lord to help her, to support her, to give to her poor, broken-down body the strength which she needed in order to avenge her son. She returned home. In her yard she had an old barrel which acted as a cistern. She turned it over, emptied it, made it fast to the ground with sticks and stones. Then she chained Similante to this improvised kennel and went into the house. She walked ceaselessly now, her eyes always fixed on the distant coast of Sardinia. He was over there, the murderer. All day and all night the dog howled. In the morning the old woman brought her some water in a bowl, but nothing more, no soup, no bread. Another day went by. Simulante, exhausted, was sleeping. The following day her eyes were shining, her hair on end, and she was pulling wildly at her chain. All this day the old woman gave her nothing to eat. The beast, furious, was barking hoarsely. Another night went by. Then, at daybreak, Mother Savarini asked a neighbor for some straw. 
She took the old rags which had formerly been worn by her husband and stuffed them so as to make them look like a human body. Having planted a stick in the ground in front of Similati's kennel, she tied it to this dummy, which seemed to be standing up. Then she made a head out of some old rags. The dog, surprised, was watching this straw man and was quiet, although famished. Then the old woman went to the store and bought a piece of black sausage. When she got home, she started a fire in the yard near the kennel and cooked the sausage. Similante, frantic, was jumping about, frothing at the mouth, her eyes fixed on the food, the odor of which went right to her stomach. Then the mother made of the smoking sausage a necktie for the dummy. She tied it very tight around the neck with the string, and when she had finished, she untied the dog. With one leap, the beast jumped at the dummy's throat, and with her paws on its shoulder, she began to tear at it. She would fall back with a piece of food in her mouth, then would jump again, sinking her fangs into the string, and snatching a few pieces of the meat, she would fall back again, and once more, spring forward. She was tearing up the face with her teeth, and the whole neck was in tatters. The old woman, motionless and silent, was watching eagerly, and she chained the beast up again, made her fast for two more days, and began this strange performance again. For three months, she accustomed her to this battle, to this meal conquered by a fight. She no longer chained her up, but just pointed to the dummy. She had taught her to tear him up and to devour him without even leaving any traces in her throat. Then, as a reward, she would give her a piece of sausage. As soon as she saw the man, Similate would begin to tremble. Then she would look up to her mistress, who, lifting her finger, would cry, Go! in a shrill tone. When she thought that the proper time had come, the widow went to confession and... One Sunday morning, she partook of communion with an ecstatic fervor. Then, putting on men's clothes and looking like an old tramp, she struck a bargain with a Sardinian fisherman who carried her and her dog to the other side of the straits. In a bag, she had a large piece of sausage. Similanti had had nothing to eat for two days. The old woman kept letting her smell the food and wetting her appetite. They got to Longosardo. The Corsican woman walked with a limp. She went to a baker's shop and asked for Nicholas Revolate. He had taken up his old trade, that of carpenter. He was working alone at the back of his store. The old woman opened the door and called. Hello, Nicholas. He turned around. Then, releasing her dog, she cried, Go! Go! Eat him up! The maddened animal sprang for his throat. The man stretched out his arms, clasped the dog, and rolled to the ground. For a few seconds he squirmed, beating the ground with his feet. Then he stopped moving, while Similante dug her fangs into his throat and tore it to ribbons. Two neighbors, seated before their door, remembered perfectly having seen an old beggar come out with a thin black dog, which was eating something that its master was giving him. At nightfall the old woman was home again. She slept well that night. Thanks for joining us at 1001 Classic Short Stories and Tales. Every week we strive to give you great stories by some of history's greatest authors, and we know you must be enjoying and sharing them. 
because our listener numbers keep rising by leaps and bounds. Thank you. And thanks again to our sponsor, Presidents Are People Too, which provides a fun alternative to today's political headlines and takes a relaxed look at the lives and lighter sides of the men who have served as president. Presidents Are People Too is available at www.audible.com. That's spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com forward slash presidents. Try it. You'll enjoy it. We have some numbered reviews at iTunes, but no written reviews as of yet for 1001 Classic Short Stories and Tales. Please take a moment to get us up to speed there. Written reviews would be greatly appreciated. Until next time, this is your host and storyteller, John Hagedorn, and this is our story. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.